Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thank you guys for joining me. A lot of you watching now on YouTube and Rumble. I'm glad that you're here. This is Off the Bench with Heidi St. John. Today is the day that I answer listener questions. And today we're going to focus on a question I've been getting more and more, and that is, should Christians be engaged in the use of crystals? Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right. Well, I'm glad that you guys have joined me today. Uh, lots and lots and lots of questions, great ones coming into me here at the podcast. If you guys want to have a question addressed on the air, you can shoot it to me at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. I'm very interested in your off the bench stories. I want to hear how God is working in your life and what you are doing to engage uh, in the communities where you live. Really, this has been the theme of my life for a very long time to just try to tell you guys God is interested in in you walking out your faith in a practical way. And so what does that look like? Does it look like you uh, homeschooling your kids? I hope that it does. Does it look like you running for school board? Does it look like running for an elected office? Does it look like getting engaged in ministries that are helping the uh, the mothers that are finding themselves with an unwanted or an unexpected pregnancy? There are so many ways that you guys can engage the culture. And so I'm thrilled to continue to get your stories and your questions in here. And I just want to encourage you to keep doing that. HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. I got a really interesting question. I've been getting more and more of these lately. It kind of, uh, I think, is showing us where we are as a culture right now. And as the church has moved away from a place of knowing God's word and actually teaching his word from the pulpit, we're finding that we're getting more and more of these questions. And Erilyn in Tennessee is a young girl who has a friend who claims to be a Christian, but is believing in witches and crystals. So I'm going to read Erilyn's question. She said, Heidi, I'm a 12-year-old girl, and I had a question regarding confronting my friends and their beliefs. I have a friend who says she's a Christian, but believes in witches and crystals, and I don't know how to talk with her, and I was wondering how you would start. So first of all, uh, Erilyn, uh, the Bible teaches us that the occult is very real. And so when someone tells me, oh, I believe in witchcraft, I'm like, well, I do too. I believe in witchcraft. The question is not, uh, is witchcraft real? It's very, very real. The occult is very, very real. But the question rather should be for Christians, uh, is this something that God wants us to engage in? And the answer obviously is a resounding no. If your friend is a Christian, the the question is not, uh, is the occult real or is witchcraft real? The question is, does God want us to engage in it? And the Bible has said for, for uh, you know, for generations, we've been reading God's word and God's word is very, very clear because since the early times of humanity, there have been supernatural uh, supernatural experiences, things that people have engaged in that God clearly said, don't do that. God clearly said not to do that. The nations that surrounded the promised land were saturated with such practices. You guys have heard me talk about the many battles and the the kings that God called in to lead the nation who on day one of them getting into leadership got rid of the Azure poles and they took down the idols of Baal that were up around in their, uh, in their jurisdictions, the provinces that God had given them authority over because the Bible teaches us that this is absolutely wrong to engage in these practices. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses nine to 12 says, when you enter the land that the Lord your God is giving you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. 
Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination, that's witchcraft, or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who is a medium or spiritist and who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. God takes the practice of witchcraft very, very seriously. And in fact, under Mosaic law, the penalty for engaging in it was death. First Chronicles 10, 13 says, Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He did not keep the word of the Lord or and he consulted a medium for guidance. In the New Testament, sorcery is translated from the Greek word pharmakia, from which we get our current word pharmacy. You guys have heard me talk about this on the show a lot. I'm not going to go into it today, but boy, we can sure make some correlations between the pharmaceutical industry and the evil that we are seeing perpetrated on our culture right now, not the least of which is uh, the government getting ready to uh, approve, and I I use that word in air quotes, uh, the COVID-19 vaccine for toddlers. Uh, It's crazy. Witchcraft and spiritism have often uh, involved the ritualistic use of magic potions and mind-controlling drugs. And this is the same reason that we say stay away from illicit drugs. They open your mind up to the invasion of demonic spirits. This is absolutely true. And so whether it's you engaging in the practice of witchcraft or using a Ouija board or taking a sub substance that's going to alter the state of your mind and consciousness. These are all forms of witchcraft, which God says to stay away from. And so uh, the same thing is true in crystals. When you guys evaluate the appropriateness of using crystals for healing purposes, you need to be aware that the majority of experts who promote crystal healing are involved in the occult, right? The word itself, the word occult means hidden. And occultism concerns itself with the study and utilization of spiritual and supernatural influences. It's ridiculous for Christians to ignore the the reality of this, right? So I've heard people say, oh, I just don't believe in it, so therefore it's not true. You guys heard me talk about the practice of yoga, which I do not believe Christians should engage in. Because just because you don't believe that the, the poses of yoga are meant to open yourself up to the spiritual world, the people that in that invented yoga absolutely believe that, and that's why they did it. And occultists believe that human beings uh, and the world that we live in are permeated by invisible mystical energies, and they believe that these energies can be focused and directed by sacred stones like crystals and other and other objects, so as to induce physical healing, and spiritual enlightenment. God's word is very, very clear on this. He warned the Israelites about it. And I just read that to you again, right? He said, anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. And so the use of these sacred stones, crystals, whatever they are for mystical purposes, this happened a lot throughout uh, the, the Bible lands and throughout pagan peoples, all throughout God's word. They called them amulets, right? Magical charms that were made in the form of small and they were attached to necklaces or bracelets. And and the people that would wear them say, hey, this is going to protect us against negative energy. It's going to protect us against the spirits. Listen, the only thing that we need as believers to protect us against those things is to understand the word of God, to know God's word, to be a child of God. God issued 
stern warnings to false prophets and to the false prophetesses of Israel. And because in their apostasy, they had adopted the pagan the pagan practices of wearing amulets. Listen to the, what the Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 13, verses 18, 20, and 21. This is from the NIV. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to the women who sew magic charms on the, on all their wrists and make veils of various lengths for their heads in order to ensnare people. Will you ensnare the lives of my people but preserve your own? I am against your magic charms with which you ensnare people like birds, and I will tear them from your arms. I will set free the people that you ensnare like birds. I will tear off your veils and save my people from your hands, and they will no longer fall prey to your power. So the Bible categorizes the use of amulets as a form of pagan magic. And as a Christian, we know because we've just read just briefly to you, God says, stay away from those things, stay away from the occult, stay away from uh, from any form of witchcraft, which is why I'm always telling parents, you know, you go to your local uh, Walmart and find a Ouija board and your kids think that's fun. God says, do not engage in anything that has to do with uh, embracing the occult. This is exactly what has happened over the years as the church has moved farther and farther away from the truth of God's word. And we no longer understand why it is so important that we refrain from engaging in these things. Listen, you guys, the power of the occult and the demon world is very, very real. And over the years, as I've become more and more aware of what's happening uh, in the culture around me, certainly you can see this in the practice of abortion. What is abortion? Abortion is sacrificing really our unborn, right? We are sacrificing children. This is no less uh, egregious in the eyes of God than the uh, sacrific- sacrificial uh uh, offerings that people in in uh, Bible times made to their pagan gods. They would walk these living children right up to uh, Baal and they would sacrifice them, kill them by sword or throw them into the fire. And oftentimes this was their spiritual form of worship in the occult. And it's no different in far, as far as I'm concerned than what we see happening with the abortion practices that are so prevalent today. I've been talking, um, and this is a great hashtag for you guys to follow, uh, liveaction.org has started a hashtag called what is abortion and what they're doing in talking about abortion very openly and very honestly is saying that this is a brutal child sacrifice that is happening in our culture in the name of choice. The same thing is true when you start talking about the occult and start talking about young kids who think, oh, it's just a crystal. Oh, it's just witchcraft. If you have a friend who calls herself a Christian and thinks abortion is all right, then I would say she is woefully uninformed about what God's word says is important when it comes to human life. The same thing is true if you've got a friend who says she's a Christian, but she believes that it's okay to engage in witchcraft or to wear a crystal around her neck. God says, do not engage in these things. They are dangerous to you, body, soul, mind, and spirit. There is such a thing as good and evil. And in the culture right now, we are absolutely hell-bent on saying there is no such thing as truth. Truth is subjective. Truth is not subjective. Truth is anything but subjective. Truth is absolute. And God says, absolutely, do not engage. And so to me, this um, uh, I love this question, Erilyn, and I just want to thank you for sending it in. But I would just encourage you, the way that you start these conversations is to go to the Word of God and says, you, you know what? God says, do not engage 
in these deeds of darkness. This will bring about something in the life of your friend, which will never yield the peaceful fruit of righteousness, but instead uh, she's going to be dragged into what is a very, very dark thing. I'm going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'll answer a few more of your questions. I'll be right back. Mike Lindell and MyPillow are offering a buy one, get one extravaganza on multiple MyPillow products. This offer is good on MyPillow bedsheets, Giza Elegance, MyPillows, the six-piece towel sets, roll and go anywhere MyPillows, and so much more. Just go to the radio listener special page at MyPillow.com and use promo code Heidi or call 1-800-447-0541. All right, you guys. So again, thank you for sending me these questions. Thank you to Erilyn. I love it when I hear from uh, young listeners. It's very encouraging to me to see you guys asking these questions. It's important. Uh, Victoria in Pennsylvania wonders what my kids' take on was being homeschooled. And so I decided, I was talking to my son, Skylar, who actually uh, is one of the people that produces this podcast. Skylar and his wife live here in uh, my area. And I was talking to him about getting some of my own kids to come on the show and just talk about homeschooling, kind of the good, bad, the ugly. And so, Victoria, I'm going to put your question off a little bit and see if I can get a bunch of my kids to come in the studio at one time. I've got seven kids, and so it might be fun just to have... um to get as many of them as I can. I mean, they all work and they've got families of their own. So we'll see how many I can get in the studio at one time. But I'm going to come back to your question because I love it. And I do think uh, it's important for you guys to hear from kids who've been homeschooled. Obviously, um, nothing about educating your children. I don't care who you are. If you're looking for perfection, just keep right on moving. The reason why I love homeschooling so much is because I believe it allows you to have what the schools strip away from you, and that is the gift of time. Time to influence your children, time to talk to them about what's really important, time to really get to know them, to instill God's word into their hearts and into their minds. And as I've said before, we are living in a time of incredible deception right now. The enemy is taking direct aim at our children. He's doing it through Drag Queen Story Hour. He's doing it through gender dysphoria. And uh, my son, Skylar, actually was just telling me a little bit ago that the uh, the Academy of uh, Psychiatrists now has redefined gender dysphoria. And so they're not even saying anymore. They're, you know, basically... Uh, these wicked people are talking about your children in terms of this being perfectly normal. So your son comes to you and says, I want to be a woman. And all of a sudden, that's okay. That's fine. You just were born in the wrong body. No, this is demonic at its root. And one of the reasons I love homeschooling is because it gives you a chance to insulate your children against the lies of the enemy and at the same time, build them up in the truth of God's word so that when they enter the culture, they understand what is truth and they know what the real thing is so that when the counterfeit comes, they've seen it, they understand, oh no, I've actually seen the real thing and this is not the real thing. This is why I encourage people, take your children out of these schools. They are injuring our children, uh, body, soul, mind, and spirit. So continue to send your questions to me and I'm gonna get back to that one uh, with regard to my to my own kids. I think it's a great idea. All right, Michelle in Ohio, advice on having to send your kids to public school because of an abusive situation. Heidi, I'm a homeschool mom who had to leave an abusive marriage five months ago. God's blessed me with a full-time job at a Christian school to be able to provide for my two girls. However, their dad refuses to help to pay for their tuition to attend the Christian school, and now I'm forced to send them to public school. I am seeking godly advice in the situation. I have to work in order to get out from under their dad's evil control. All right, so as someone who grew up in an abusive home, I can tell you right now, 
um, that the Lord is going to provide for you. He's going to help you. I have talked to so many families over the years, and I think this was certainly the case in my home growing up. You know, my mom stayed in an abusive marriage, and the net result was that um, at least the older of us kids that grew up in that, we grew up in a very unhealthy, very toxic, very dangerous environment. And uh, I don't believe that women who are in those situations should stay in those marriages. I think you do everything you can to give your kids uh, a running start at life, right? And to not be in those situations. Now, the problem you're facing is that you're going to go from one abusive situation with your husband and stick your kids into another abusive situation, which is the public school. And so there's a couple of things that, uh, and I'm not saying, you know, shame on you for putting your kids in public school. So please do not hear that. What I am saying is if it was me and I was in your situation, I would, if you're working for a Christian school, A, I'm shocked that they wouldn't be giving you free tuition. That should be the number one perk of working for a Christian school is that your kids should be able to go to school there for free. I mean, to me, that's a benefit. Uh, It certainly is no skin off the neck of the people that run that school to allow your children to go to school there while you're working. So that would be the first thing I'd be doing is trying to get my kids into the school. The other thing I might be uh, encouraging you to do, and this is where I think the church can really start to step up, uh, you know, the church has what we call, have, or historically we've had, benevolent funds. And I'm thinking churches should start taking up education funds so that they can start helping parents uh, by offsetting the cost of a lot of these private schools. And so that's where I would encourage you to go get people to pray for you, let them know what's going on uh, in the life of your family. And in lieu of those things working, and I am sorry about uh, your deadbeat uh, ex-husband. What a, I mean, come on. I mean, this is a guy who obviously doesn't care about his kids. But I would just encourage you, and I'm going to remind you, and I've done this many times over the years, it's not ideal, but God can still work in it, right? And so if I had to, if I was forced to put my kids in a, in a public school right now, uh, I would do everything I could to know every single kid that was in that classroom. I'd want to know the teachers inside, outside, upside down. I'd be at every single, it's, it's like a full-time job trying to keep up with the garbage that they're going to be putting in the minds of your children. But mama, this is your call. God gave you these kids. Your job is to protect them as much as you can. And so if you're not able to send your kids to a private school, clearly you can't homeschool them at all anymore. Um, I would be involved, involved, involved. Get to know the other parents, particularly the Christian ones who also have their children in that school. And you guys can form what we used to call, uh, even at our homeschool co-op, like a sisterhood of spies. Like, so moms can't be everywhere, but the friends of moms can be almost everywhere. I want my kids to know that I've got eyes in the back of my head because I've got friends that are watching my children, whether they're at the homeschool co-op or here at the homeschool resource center, or they're working down the street at Wendy's. You know, I want them to know that I have friends who are not unwilling to come and talk to me when they see my kids either saying something they shouldn't or hanging around people that they shouldn't be hanging around with. Uh, I want my kids to know that there are people who are going to be talking to me so that I can hold my own kids accountable for their actions. And so that's another thing that I would just encourage you to do. And then just hang in there because um, God loves your kids. And uh, I believe that there are good things coming for your children. And so hang in there, get as... as um, involved as you possibly can. And I'll just encourage you from there. Uh, last question today, and I'm again, I don't have time to, to dig into it, but some of you read a post that I put on my Instagram the other day. If you're not watching my own personal Instagram, it's just Heidi St. John. And I shared a post from a man who tried to transition into a woman. So a transgender woman. Remember, these are very confusing terms. Transgender women are men. 
who have had surgeries to uh, create the look of a woman. Many of them are having very devastating medical procedures now, which frankly, I think are Frankensteinish in nature. I feel like these uh, surgeons, these pseudo doctors with practicing the pseudoscience and telling men that they can be women and women can be men. And now I'm reading about uh, some weird, you know, uh, Frankenstein doctor in India who's getting ready to, to uh, transfer a uterus into a man so that uh, this so-called man can carry a baby. This is so sick and wrong. We have a world and a nation right now, absolutely sin sick. We are dying and suffering because of sin. And I posted the story of this man who very in great painful detail talks about the surgery that left him without his male genitalia and instead tried to create female genitalia for him. And it is a very hard to read. It is heartbreaking to read, but read it we must. And I'm going to encourage you, and I'll, I'll come back on the show probably at some point uh, next week. There's a particular guest I'm trying to get on to talk about this issue with me. But the fact of the matter is we are hurting our children. We are doing irrevocable harm in having these children uh, uh, sent up for surgery. Mastectomies done on girls as young as 14 years old. Uh, this is wrong. It's wrong on a hundred different levels because we know that the surgeries don't actually fix what's wrong because these are mental and emotional and spiritual problems and they will never be fixed by mutilating the bodies of our young children. And so uh, this is a question I'm getting a lot here at the show and I want you guys to know I'm seeing the questions and we're gonna continue to talk about it. But I wanna encourage you to go to my Instagram and read those images. They're basically screenshotted images of this uh, this man who tried to transition into a woman telling his story and what it actually, the physical effects that it left him with. And I guarantee you, he's no more better off mentally or emotionally now uh, than he was before the surgery. And in fact, it sounds like he's doing a whole lot worse. And I wish we would just tell the truth. You guys, truth is in the crosshairs in the culture right now. And I want to encourage you to stand in truth and tell the truth. God says that he created us male and female, and we can't understand how to love people unless we first understand that we are loved by a living God who created us in his image. God made us male and female, the Bible says, in his image. You are loved. And uh, for those of you who are listening to this and you have never accepted the Lord as your personal Savior, I just want to encourage you. It's the best decision that you'll ever make to uh, to accept the Lord Jesus into your life, to accept his forgiveness. He's the healer. God is in the business of healing people. He loves you. You are loved. Your children are loved. And we have an opportunity right now to stand for what God says is worth standing for. And the thing he loved more than anything in the whole universe, according to his word, is human beings. And so we start, we love people the way God loves them and we love them first by telling the truth. So anyway, that's all I got time for today. If you guys have questions that you would like me to address here at Mailbox Monday, just shoot them to me, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday, and I will get to them in the order that they're received. Please, 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 you guys keep them short, sweet, and to the point. And I would love to hear your off-the-bench stories as well. If you're interested in my work, you can find me at HeidiStJohn.com. I've written eight books and they're all available wherever books are sold or at my store at HeidiStJohn.com. Have a great day, everybody, and I'll see you back here again at the intersection of faith and culture.